give my blessings to all of you who have gathered here for the new monks in Thailand. They have to take Buddhist examinations. And so there's a first level, second level, and the highest level of exams. And in these exams, there's one part which is like a Dhamma essay that one has to write. And so it's similar to an essay that may be written in academic school, but it's about the teachings of the Buddha on one aspect of uh, a verse of that the Buddha gave. For instance, there may be one in Pali first, Chitang Tantang Sukhawahang, which translates as the well-trained mind brings happiness. And so one then has to use this as the topic or heading and then explain about this uh, verse. And so it has an introduction, a body, and then a conclusion. And this is then graded and one has to pass this uh, to pass that course. And so the monks who take this exam, they have to study and prepare for it to be able to explain different verses that may come up of the Buddha's teachings. So they need to know how to write it, how, what it means, how to explain it and conclude it. And so they need to go over that beforehand so they can do that when they take that exam. Just like that verse, Chitang Tantang Sukhawahang, the well-trained mind brings happiness. So they need to think about that and explain what does uh, the well-trained mind mean? How do you train the mind? What methods do you use? This happiness that it brings, what type of happiness is that? So they need to prepare like that. And this is a good method for these uh, the Thai monks who are coming to ordain. Maybe before they ordained, they weren't interested in Buddhism at all and they hadn't learned much Dhamma, and so they're forced to learn it when they newly ordain and take that exam as well. Uh, and they have to learn about different verses uh, the Buddha gave and able to write and explain it. And they write it first, they commit it to memory, and then it may enter deep in their mind. And from that... Um, understanding or uh, good uh, that impression that that verse made on their hearts they may be able to ordain even longer and stay in their robes so today i want to bring up a verse from venerable Ajahn anan that he has said and explain that and this is something that i heard and coming from my own reflection and experience uh, and also feelings about this topic uh, that i had heard and this verse is which was given on this retreat was that the mind that has wisdom has great value so the mind that has wisdom 
has great value. So you all have likely had your own experiences about this topic. And I will just say from my own experiences and feelings about this, this mind, which has wisdom, has great value. Uh, why is this the case? It's because before I could see the mind when it wasn't trained before the mind was one way, which means that it was opposite, opposite, it didn't have wisdom. And so it had little value. Uh, this meant that the mind had different mind states and moods, such as being lowered and depressed, um, different defiled mental states, maybe loneliness, fear, no confidence in making decisions, being deluded in different um, outer sense impressions, which would lead the mind to be more defiled and wouldn't know how to go beyond that or to separate one out from, from that uh, mind state uh, or mind object. For example, the mood or mind state of grief or feelings of mourning or loss. For example, we all have mother and father and many people will want their parents to be with them for a long, long time. And as a child, I wanted that as well. I didn't want to be separated from my parents. But the Satya Dhamma, the truth of Dhamma, of nature, is that time can't be stopped. So we study, we learn, we grow up, we work. And at the same time, our parents grow older and older. We haven't learned about aging, sickness, and death. And when, and that my parents were also subject to aging, sickness, and death. And if we experience loss of loved ones and we haven't trained our minds, then it will be great suffering. For myself, when my father passed away first, um, it was tough but manageable because I still thought I had a mother still. But when my mother passed away, then had a greater amount of suffering because now felt like I was all alone. And so the passing of parents is something, a mind, a mood, an experience that all children in this world are going to have to meet um, but if we don't know the correct method or way to practice with it then it can be a great suffering uh, grief for us to lose loved ones if one hasn't trained the mind uh, then it is very difficult and for people in this world they would listen to music 
or every country has their own type of music they may listen to and the songwriters are very skilled at bringing people to really um, feel along with the words and the music and the way it's been composed and it's e very easy to to follow that music and so the music that may be specific to having lost a loved one uh, they really make you draw you into to those words and make you feel a certain emotion with it and it really keeps you there not letting you escape uh, from that and not letting it accept the truth about uh, having lost a loved one or being separated from a loved one. So that's a mind that doesn't have wisdom, that has ignorance. That mind will go to that music and follow along with the moods and mind states that it brings up, the, the meaning, and it becomes a habit as well that one starts to rely on that and doing the same habits today and then tomorrow doing the same thing and the next day doing the same thing. And this is the indulging in our Aramana or indulging in sensuality or sense objects, what we call karma. Anha, the craving for uh, sense pleasures, and this is the, the indulging in that that mind states, and so the songwriter does it in a very skilled way to to get a certain result, but the result on the mind is that it becomes more. Um, depressed or has more grief and feels lowered it brings the mind down and so what is able to help the this uh, it is the benefits and results coming from our dhamma practice uh, we may feel like some of this practice is something quite ordinary uh, for instance people doing chanting Maybe before they didn't really like to chant, uh, especially if you had to translate as well, then that takes even longer and they may feel bored with that, especially the, the teenagers or younger generation. Um, and, that, and that may be norm, normal. Um, but for myself, there was one verse that... I reflected on that I had chanted before that really brought my mind back. And this verse is that uh, one shouldn't uh, revive the past uh, and one shouldn't follow uh, that which has passed already and that the future is yet to come. So one should uh, have one's mind here in the present. Uh, and so this was a 
chant that uh, we do. Maybe the Mahayana also have a chant that's similar to this, mm, but it's uh, pointing towards that the past has already gone and one shouldn't then uh, think about it, revive it, uh, because it's already past. And so one should keep one's mind in the present, in aware of the presently arisen states. And so from being absorbed into music about grief and bringing the mind back to chanting, chanting in the morning and the evening, getting strength to, to practice, doing walking meditation, mindfulness with the feet, with the meditation word butto, sitting meditation, mindfulness with the breath, and also reflecting on my situation that am I the only one to experience separation and loss? And after my mother, then who will be passing next? And that is myself. And so the acceptance of the truth grew. The mind's level or state improved or was brought up uh, and it was able then to separate out from being absorbed into this um, certain music and be in or be with the presently uh, or be with the present the present mind states that were there and come back to the practice of dhamma so then this comes to the core of the teachings of the Four Noble Truths. We have learnt about these and this suffering or dukkha is something that should be known. And so in this, my experience then of experiencing loss and grief, this is something to be known. Having a loved one pass, then one uh, has to bring up awareness with the mind states that one is currently experiencing. And this mind state is then the grief, the depression, the suffering. Uh, and the Four Noble Truths then go further than just suffering or dukkha in that it has a cause, it has samudaya, uh, the cause for suffering to arise. And one needs to then contemplate that uh, to abandon that cause. And so I was in a state of suffering and it was just revolving around this suffering. Uh, like I said, the mm, indulging of the mind in that music was mm, not was not uh, in the sealer. And so to abandon that cause, uh, because to stay indulging with that uh, music would be more and more suffering because those were the causes of suffering being added to it. And so if we learn further 
then there's Niroda, the cessation of suffering, and Maga, the path leading to that cessation. And so if we have a bit of mindfulness come up, then we can uh, overcome and bring back the mind to its normal state, or we can abandon those causes of suffering and the mind is in a healthy and good state, in a fresh type of uh, state that we can live life as normal, then the mind has its strength back. Uh, and if we can't do it, then we'll stay in that state of mourning or suffering. And there's various mind states that can come up with that. A lot of uh, can be depression, uh, mourn, uh, grief, and for some could even lead to not wanting to live in this world anymore. Uh, and so it isn't just about suffering and the cause, but there's also the cessation of suffering, bringing it, being able to bring the mind back to a normal state, uh, a refreshed uh, state where it has strength and normalcy. Uh, and Marga, the, we know, is a noble eightfold path in brief, sila, samadhi, and panya. And this overcomes suffering. So sila is keeping then the precepts that we've committed to. So then being a monk then to abandon then that breaking of sila, of listening to music and uh, uh uh, keeping all the the sila, and then the practice of samadhi is developing mindfulness, going to all the morning and evening chanting, doing sitting meditation and walking meditation in order to develop samadhi. And then this is something that improves the mind states from mind states that are lowered, polluted, and brings it up to be with the present moment and bringing the mind to contemplate into the virtues of the Buddha, uh, the teachings, uh, the Dhamma, that things arise and cease, and the Sangha and their teachings as well. And these are all methods in order to bring up Samadhi. Uh, it brings the mind to be in a state of kusala, skillfulness, and it brings in us away from suffering and if so if we can do this and practice like this then you'll be sila samadhi and anya even if it's a little bit of wisdom then this will be able to help us uh, help our mind states improve our improve them and bring us back to the fundamentals of the buddha's teachings uh, in order to overcome whatever mm, defiled lowered mind states there are and so from a mind that has been lowered it can be brought up again to be in a normal state and we know that the mind is papasara uh, this it brings it back to that state where there's no objects coming to bother it and so then this is the mind that will bring us uh, benefit so we can keep doing so, so that is one example but with other moods and mind states would you be able to practice in a similar way to them? For instance, loba, 
greed or anger, mind states of anger, can you practice with it? And mind states of delusion uh, is would be similar to the example I just gave. Uh, these are the three roots of akusala or unskillfulness. And so as a student taking an exam, you'll have a certain time limit to various subjects. So say maybe you have to finish writing your papers in one hour and then they collect them all up. And so today uh, I'd like to explain more, but I also have a time constraint of one hour. And so coming back then to the topic of this uh, essay as such was that uh, the mind that has wisdom has great value. And so I've explained it from my own experience and in uh, so in conclusion then that if we only have a little bit of wisdom, then it's very easy for us to be deluded. But if we have wisdom, then it will be, our minds will be within this noble eightfold path, within sila, samadhi, and panya, as I've explained. And I believe that if we practice the Dhamma, and we have already this great faith in teachings of the Buddha, then I'm confident that uh, you will gain uh, some Dhamma, uh, just as I've explained from my own experience. Or you could even write a sort of essay yourself on a Dhamma topic. Instead of looking at Facebook or YouTube, you can try to write on a certain Dhamma topic and maybe then your understanding of that improves. And so I've talked for an appropriate amount for the time that I've been given on this topic of the mind that has wisdom has great value. And I'm confident that if you develop this, then you will receive uh, good results uh, from your training and development of the mind.